we are living in a very exciting time. I don't know if you are living under a rock currently. I don't think you are. I think most of you are very well informed, but if you look around in the season and the hour that the church is in, I think we are stepping into the greatest hour the church has ever been in. You know, for years we have been praying, God send revival. You know, I, I, I'm a young minister and that's okay. I'm all right with that. I've come to grips with that and that's okay. And I will always be a young minister because there's always ministers that are older than me. So I'm going to stay a young minister until I'm dead. <laughs> uh, it's okay to laugh in church. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay. In the short time that I have been a Christian, I have been in line with Pastor Alex and many other people, and I believe there are people here this morning that have been praying the same prayer for probably longer than I've been alive of God, send revival. Would you not breathe revival back into the United States? Do it as you did in the days of old, but even greater, Lord. Let the latter rain be greater than the former in Jesus' name. And we've been praying these things, and yet God is moving. We've been praying, God, would you take over social media? Would you take over Hollywood? Would you take over the movie theaters? Oh, come on. We can't get religious and critical now that it's happening and start pointing the finger and saying, that's not exactly what I wanted. You know, when Halloween comes around in October, we get all upset, upset because of the demonic movies that are coming out. Lord, I thank you for sending a movie that shows what the true power of God actually is. Come on. It may not fit the God box that we necessarily want, but I would much rather an unbeliever go to the movie theaters and see a film about Jesus than to see some fake nonsense that Hollywood has churched up of what exorcism they think it looks like. Let me show you the real God. Let me show you the God that I serve. Let me show you the gospel that I preach. Let me show you the Jesus that I love. Let me show you the one who saved my soul. Oh, Lord, I thank you. It's happening, guys. And you have a choice to either respond and jump in the river and go with the flow of God or stand on the sidelines as a spectator with a critical eye and point the finger and say, that's not God. <laughs> Amen. I know that's not anybody here at Oceans. Come on, we've been praying for revival. We've been praying for these things. And it's happening. Oh, and I'm so thankful I'm alive in this dispensation. I am so thankful I'm a part of what God is doing in whatever capacity that may be. And he's moving on the earth right now. Yeah, you know, I got to do it. I just, you know, Malachi 1 talks about, and in in, in, I shared this in first service, so I'm, I'm, you know, it just is what it is. In Malachi 1, God rebukes the church, and he speaks through the prophet Malachi, and he rebukes them, and he says, your masters you serve well, your parents you serve well, you honor them well. All these people, you honor them well, but yet you bring me a defiled offering. 
You bring me a defiled sacrifice. You bring me the worst. You bring me the blind cows and the rotting flesh. And you bring me fruits that are gone bad and past their due date. Would you not bring those things to your parents and see how they would respond? Bring that same thing to your boss and see how they would respond. Bring that thing to your governor and see what your governor would do to you. But yet the creator of all creation and you bring me a defiled sacrifice. Come on, God is calling the church to stop giving him his leftovers. Come on, God is calling us to not stop giving him our leftovers. We give him the five minutes before we go to bed because we're too tired, but then we stay up till two o'clock in the morning watching Netflix. Come on, we got to stop giving him the leftovers. God, I want to give you my best. God, I want to give you all that I have. I want to give you the best worship. I want to give you an aroma, Lord. Let my heart come up before you as an aroma, God, that would cause a response from heaven, Lord. I don't want to give him the, the least. I don't want to give him my second place. If you've really encountered Jesus, you won't want to either. There was a moment when I tried to fill my life with everything else but God. And I stayed broke down and busted. I stayed full of anxiety. I stayed full of fear. I stayed full of depression. Trying to fill a void that couldn't be filled with the things of this world. But when you have a real encounter with Jesus, a real encounter with the presence of God, It'll shake you to the core and cause such a transformation in your life that when you walk about and the friends of old see you, they'll see there's a burning fire and a burning passion in you. Your countenance will change. Everything about your life will shift and change. You can be the greatest testimony in the loudest Bible that anyone will ever read because of how you live your life. An unadulterated gospel. This is the Jesus that I serve. This is the Jesus that changed my life. Come on, I don't want to give him the second best. I want to give him the best. The best of the best. Are you with me this morning? Somebody say with me, he is willing. I have to be vulnerable before you and share all my sins. (laughs) I struggled last night. And went round and round and round, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so maybe it's not a sin, but you'll get it in just a second. I was fully prepared with this word, or so I thought. Yesterday evening at about 5.30, I came into the service, and I said, yes, Lord, this is what I'm going to minister on. Got all my notes. I'm ready. And I came into the service all excited, a little nervous, but like fairly confident I knew what I was going to speak on. And then Pastor John started preaching. And if you were here on Saturday night, if you know, you know. And he, he started preaching, and I said, man, that's a good word. Yeah, amen. And then another scripture come out, and I said, wait, wait a minute. And then another scripture come out, and I said, wait, wait a minute. And then another scripture came out, and I said, oh, Lord. And then another one, and then I said, oh, Lord, and I'm sorry, I'm Xing them off of my sermon. And, and we, he got done preaching, and I was down to like two bullet points and a scripture out of Acts. And I said, Lord, 
9.30 last night in my room, my prayer room, in fear and trembling, going, God, I can't preach the same word that Pastor John preached last night. I'm going to show up to the church, and they're going to think it was a bad CD on repeat, and it's just like the two bald guys are just, you know, trading notes. Can I tell you, after first service, Pastor Brian came to me, and he went to jail ministry yesterday and preached the same word yesterday morning in the prison. So I say that because at 9.30 last night, I sat there and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you got to give me a word. God, you got to give me a word. I don't know what to say. Tell me what you want me to say to these people because, Lord, obviously I'm in the flesh. And he said, what spirit do you have, son? And I said, I have the Holy Spirit. He said, what spirit does John have? And I said, he's got the Holy Spirit. He said, so if he's got the same spirit that you got, would I not give you the same word at times? Clearly, there's somebody that needs to hear this word this morning. And I took that as my confirmation to just go with it. Amen. I'm just being obedient this morning. So if it sounds like we're on repeat, I promise we didn't trade notes. Fair, can we just testify that before the church and everybody? The three of us did not confer with one another and like send each other a text like, hey, bro, I'm tech. Okay. Everybody say he is willing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for unity. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for supernatural unity. Clearly, God, you want to say something to your people this morning. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, let faith arise in the house of the Lord this morning for salvation, deliverance, and healing in Jesus' name. Luke 5 and 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city. That behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing... Can you make me clean? I feel like so many times in our lives as Christians or even as unbelievers, we'll ask the same question. And here's the reality is I feel when it comes to the realm of salvation, eternal security, we'll put it that way, and I'm saying it in quotations because salvation is so much more than just eternal security. We'll get to it. People have more of a understanding or, or are more willing to accept that Jesus was willing to pay the price for our salvation. But when it comes to healing, sometimes we struggle just to skosh. When it comes to deliverance, sometimes this question will come up, well, is he really willing to heal me? Is God really willing to get rid of this anxiety? Is he really willing to take my depression? Is he really willing to take my addiction? Is he really willing? I've had family members, and I love them dearly, but they've made the comment or they'll make the suggestion, you know, God's a real, he's, he's pretty busy. You know, there's wars and rumors of wars and all the stuff going on overseas. And, you know, we just come through COVID and, and all the things in the political arena and the economy. He's, he's kind of busy. My anxiety, I've dealt with my anxiety for 25 years, you know. But he's, he's a little busy for my personal need. Somebody say he is willing. He is willing. Luke 5, 13. Then he put out his hand and he touched him. This is Jesus saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. I really like Jesus' style. 
Jesus didn't give some long 12-point sermon. He didn't pray some super religious prayer that had to have so many right words. He just said it real plainly. And I like plain because I'm a simple man. He says, I am willing, be cleansed, and he's healed. That encourages people like me. Because I don't necessarily have the most religious talk in the world. I'm trying every day to better myself and to, to be more professional. But, but, but the reality is, is you can take the boy out of the woods, but you sometimes just can't take the woods out of the boy. And that gives me hope because I like Jesus' style because he just was real plain and simple. I'm willing, be cleansed. And the leprosy left him that very moment, that very hour. See, you don't have to go to Bible college for somebody to get healed. It's good. And I encourage you to get plugged into DTC. It changed my life for forever. And I'm a little biased because I, I teach in DTC, so I really enjoy it. But it will change your life for forever. But I'm saying this to encourage somebody this morning that you don't have to have all the religious, you know, talk and speech to just simply be what you are. Is Jesus willing? He wants to help you. He wants to heal you. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But you still have to do something. You still have to choose to let him take over. And that makes us vulnerable sometimes. And vulnerability isn't weakness. Allowing God to just step in. You don't need to carry that weight, that burden, that heaviness. The weight of the world is on your shoulders. It doesn't need to be. This is the Jesus that I know. This is the Jesus that I met. He is willing. I feel that in my spirit this morning. Somebody needed to hear that word this morning. He is willing. He is willing and he loves you enough. He is intentional enough for you to hear that. He is willing even just for you and what you feel as insignificant. He is willing to touch you right there where you're at to fulfill whatever need it may be. I'm looking for him. I don't, I don't see him. I asked him if I could testify about this, and he said I could. He may or may not be here. I apologize. I don't remember names well, but I had a gentleman come up to me in first service, and he said I had a realtor speak to me and invite me to church. And he came. And he said, you're speaking on this topic and, you know, God healing. And he said, I've struggled my whole life with, with warts. And my feet are ate up with them. And my hands were ate up with them. And my feet were really bad. 
And the warts were growing and getting out of control to the point to where I couldn't even put shoes on. It was so painful to even just put regular shoes on. And he had to wear, I believe, if I understand correctly, he had like special shoes that he had to wear because of this. And he said the one toe was so badly ate up with warts that the doctors were going to have to amputate because it was getting so out of control. And they just couldn't get it, you know, and he was afflicted by this for years. He said three or four days ago, he was in the shower and he just broke down to God. He said, God, I don't understand. If you can heal the leper, why not me? Why am I standing and dealing with this affliction? I don't understand. Can I tell you, he woke up the next morning with scars only. He showed me his hands. I physically saw it where warts used to be and warts wore no more. That's the Jesus that I serve. He's intentional. He is personal. He loves you. And guess what? He is willing. Somebody say he is willing. He's willing. We don't need another motivational speech. We don't need another therapy session with a counselor. No, 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 no. You need to meet the counselor. You need a radical encounter with the Holy Ghost. You need the fire of God to touch you today. That's the Jesus that I know. The all-consuming fire. And if you're sitting there this morning and you say, you know what, I've never heard of the Jesus that you're preaching about. I've only heard about salvation and eternal security. I want to let you know that is such a cheap down version of the gospel. Please don't weaken and cheapen the blood of my Jesus. It is so much more powerful than just eternal security. Hear my heart this morning. I am so thankful. That is the greatest miracle of all, eternal security. Amen. I'm not trying to weaken that in any way, shape, or form. But don't just preach a partial gospel. The gospel is there not just for eternal security, but also for healing. Yes, even so that warts would just fall off of your hand miraculously overnight. Supernatural healing, supernatural deliverance. He'll take your anxiety just like that. You don't have to live with depression. He'll take it just like that. Stress, ate up with stress. You got blisters on your hands. Your nails are constantly cracking. You got the sides of your mouth are cracking open because of stress, fever blisters, and all these things. Listen, he'll take it like that. Are you with me? And if you don't have the faith for that this morning, let me speak to the wild and crazy bunch at Oceans. Because I know there's some people in here. Have you ever encountered God? Come on, let me see your hands. Have you been touched by the fire of God? Have you been changed by Jesus? Has he got a hold of you? Has he touched you? Has he radically changed your life? Well, if he has, this next story is for you. Let's go, Luke 5 and 16. It says, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And now what happened? This is Jesus. That on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Somebody say the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I want to let you know this morning, the power of the Lord is present today to heal you. The power of the Lord is present today. You don't have to wait tomorrow. You don't have to wait for some special medical breakthrough to get your healing today. You don't have to wait. The power of the Lord is present today to heal. He is present today to deliver. He is present today to save. Somebody say amen. Listen, when you recognize that the power of the Lord is present in a place we are so, I don't think you understand how blessed we are. In November, I got the chance to, to, 
to go on a, a little bit of an extended break, and it was fantastic. And me and my wife got to travel around a little bit. And, and please hear my heart. I'm not saying this to knock any other churches. Hear my heart, please. Is that okay? I'm not beating up the bride. Is that all right? I love the bride of Christ. Amen? But on that trip, we got to go to a couple of different places and a couple of different churches. And in the process, I got to realize, because when you have something, and then it's gone, you really truly begin to be grateful for what you have. Some of you are getting it, and some of you don't know what I'm talking about. We got something really special here at Oceans. And we need to learn to be grateful for the fact that on any given Saturday night and on any given Sunday and any time we gather together in this house, there is a corporate anointing and God is moving here at Oceans. And we got to learn to be grateful and not become complacent in the presence of God because you can get so familiar with God that you can miss him. That you can miss him. In that travel, I got to go to some other churches, fantastic churches. They preach the word of God well. I'm not knocking them in any way, shape, or form, but there was just something missing. And the first Sunday we came back after that trip, I walked through the doors of this amazing church that I belong to, and I walked through them doors, and it was like, Daddy, I'm home. I can feel it. It's like he's here. He's here. The power of the Lord is present to heal today. Do not get complacent and familiar with the presence of God. And watch this. See, when you recognize that the power of the Lord is present to heal, and he's right there in your midst, don't get selfish with it. Invite somebody. Come on, I want the parking lot to be full. Easter Sunday is right around the corner. Don't get selfish with it. Let's get loud, proud, and bold. The presence of the Lord is in my church. I don't know about... I don't know what you thought I was going to say. I was going to say the bar down the road. (laughs) I had to take a drink. I was thirsty. I don't know if the Lord is where you're at, but he's here. His presence is here. And there's a lot of people lost and dying in the world right now that need what we have here. So let's go to our wonderful church family that is radically set on fire for Jesus. Luke 5, 18 says, Then behold, men brought him on a bed a man who was paralyzed. Everybody say he was paralyzed. Whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they could bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Boy, I think I've heard this before. (laughs) It kind of sounds like the woman with the issue of blood, don't it? It kind of sounds like somebody who had some radical faith, don't it? It kind of sounds like somebody who was desperate to get somebody in the presence of God because the power of the Lord was present to heal today. So they did whatever they had to do to get the individual where the presence of God was. 
I'm here to tell you this morning, and I pray that your faith would arise in this place right now. The power of the Lord is present today, today, right here, right now. He's present right now to heal you, present right now to touch you, present right now to change your name. If you were here last night, you'd know. Amen. He said, daughter, oh. Verse 20 says, when he saw their faith, everybody say their faith, plural. When he saw their faith, the friend's faith, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, singular, your sins are forgiven you. Oh, that's really good. Because that means that my faith can get somebody else saved. Well, that's really good. Because that means that my faith can get somebody else healed. That means that the Jesus that you have met and the faith that you have in the Savior that saved you, that delivered you, that healed you, that same faith can bring somebody else into the kingdom. you got to understand that your faith can shift a spiritual atmosphere for somebody else. They may not have the faith for it right now, but your faith can be coupled with somebody else's faith to bring somebody else into the kingdom of God. And I feel wholeheartedly like we're in a season of that right now where people are going to go out into the streets. Go! Don't wait. Get out in the streets and take your faith. Did Jesus touch you? Did Jesus heal you? Did Jesus deliver you? Because he did me. And if he did me and he did you, go out in the streets and tell somebody else about it. And watch how your faith cannot bring people into the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Jesus is good. He's too good. He's too good. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And this is so powerful to me. The faith of the friends. He says that your sins are forgiven. That sounds a lot to me like salvation. You all said amen. Let's continue reading. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, the wonderful religious system of Jesus' day is still very active today. That critical religious spirit is still pointing the finger and trying to say that when God is moving, that he's not moving, and this isn't really a move of God, and that really is a move of God, and you don't know what you're talking about, and you don't know my God. That same religious system back then is still very active today. But Jesus... But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier for you to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? Hmm. Sounds like we got a little bit of salvation and healing at the same time. Oh, Jesus, you are too good to us. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and walk and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them and he took what he had been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. I shared this with the first service. I was going to take that part out, but then I realized it would be edifying if I left it in. It says that we have seen strange things today. The ones that are clapping are the ones that are getting it. Because you got to understand when an unbeliever, 
or somebody who has never seen or encountered or recognized or had a, a, a moment with Jesus comes into the church and they begin to see God actually move, not with just salvation for eternal security alone, but also with healing. He says, man, your sins are forgiven you. Rise up and walk. All of a sudden, salvation and healing happen simultaneously. And they said, huh. I've seen something strange. Hear me this morning for our wonderful holy rollers. This is not your justification now to be weird and wonderful and use that scripture as the example so you can come into the church and be strange and try to prove that the finger of God is here. All things done perfectly and in order. As Pastor Alex says, be wonderful, not weird and wonderful. But understand, when somebody comes into the church that has never seen a healing, that has never seen a deliverance, that has never seen somebody pray in tongues, they'll look at you and go, huh, that's a little strange. And guess what? That's okay. When I got saved, listen, my mother died at the age of nine from brain cancer. And when she passed away on the day of her funeral, we were told that had we prayed more and had we been in the anointing more and had we all this, that, and the other, she'd still be alive today. And this was from the pastor that did the ceremony. So we ran away from the church, nine years old. So I spent 12 years of my life running away from God and running away from everything that had to do with God. I didn't want to hear about him. I didn't want to know about him. I didn't want to serve a God that didn't heal today because my mom passed away. Can we be, just be real with you? Thank the Lord. God brought Pastor Alex all the way from South Africa to little Podunk Okeechobee to buy a tackle store so that he could be my boss for a season so that I could get saved. Oh, he's still my boss. Amen. <laughs> but we went to a church service, and I sat all the way at the back. I'm not saying there's a correlation there, but a joke. It's okay to laugh in church. But it's true. I did sit at the back. Now I only sit at the front. I don't know what happened. Okay, amen. Point is, is I sat all the way at the back because I figured, you know, if I would just appease this boss of mine who would not let me alone about God, maybe he would stop talking to me about God if I just went to one of the church services. And I went to this church service, and in that service, we saw healings. We saw miracles, signs, and wonders. We saw blind eyes go open, cloudy eyes get clear. We saw somebody get up out of a wheelchair. They had their crutches, and they threw their crutches over to the side, and they're walking all loud and proud. And I'm watching, and guess what? In my own head, I said, I have seen strange things today. Can I tell you it was that same service that I got saved? The very next week, the very next week, we went to another church service. That didn't last long, did it? Went to another church service, and we're sitting in this church service. It was literally a week later, and we walk in, and I studied Latin because I have a biology major, and I studied Latin in high school and in college, and we walk into the church service, and it was definitely a little weird and wonderful, and I walked in, not Latin American. I thought they were, I literally thought the people in the building were speaking Latin. I didn't even know what tongues was. And we walk into the church, and there's flags, and it was, it was a little out of order, if just be honest. I'm not against flags, but I, I, got, I had to dodge. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> all things done decently and in order. I'm not against flags. Somebody say amen. But if I'm ducking and dodging, okay, amen. Anyways, I walked into the church. And I'm listening to these people, and they're up at the front, and they're getting prayed for, and people are hitting the dirt, and they're shouting, 
man. I'm like, oh my word. I have seen strange things today. Didn't even know what tongues was. Didn't have a revelation of it. Didn't get the teaching. A man of God come up to me and said, do you want what they have? I said, I don't know. I guess he laid his hands on me. I came up off the ground praying in tongues and I've never been the same since. Come on, somebody. The power of the Lord is present today to heal, to present today to deliver. He is willing. One of the greatest enemies of faith is doubt, though. And this is something that we all struggle with if we're going to be real with each other. At some point, one way or another, natural circumstances, situations in our life, tragedies that can come in in the natural world will always conflict with the supernatural. Our lifestyle, our circumstances, our choices, they can all lead to doubt. This can happen not only for salvation, but even more so with healing and deliverance. Amen? Remember, God is willing. He's willing to heal you. He's willing to touch you. All you need to do is respond. It's really that simple. It really is. It's not complex. It's not hard. God, I'm, I, just change me. God, here I am. I lay my life down as a living sacrifice, which is my reasonable service. I put my own life down on the altar. God set me ablaze. Put me on fire. It's that simple. Amen? John eleven thirty eight. 38. It says, Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, Lazarus' sister, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. If we're truly honest with ourselves, we would have said the same thing. It's really easy on this side because we all cheated and we've read the rest of the story, so we know what's going to happen next. But if you didn't cheat and you didn't know the end of the story, we would have all been the same way. There's a dead corpse in a cave for four days. Natural is it's going to stink. Jesus, I don't know that I would open that door. Let's take it back a few scriptures, and if we're really real, we really are a lot more like Martha because I believe there was a phrase that went out something along the lines of, Lord, if you would have just come sooner, he'd still be alive. How is it you got faith to heal, but you don't have faith to rise from the dead? <laughs> uh, it's God. He created everything. And so many of us walk around spiritually dead, spiritually anemic, because we don't apply the word of God. And we allow doubt to set in. We see a moment of doubt set in. If we're truly honest with ourselves, we're a lot like Martha. At this point, we're at John 11. John 11, at this point, they had already seen Jesus turn water into wine. They had already seen the whole Samaritan woman at the well. They had already seen the healing of the nobleman's son, the healing at Bethsaida, the feeding of the 5,000 and the supernatural multiplication, and the healing of the blind man. And I'm sure many, many more that aren't even documented. The point I'm trying to get at is they had already seen Jesus heal. This should encourage somebody this morning. 
that has followed Jesus, that has seen Jesus heal, that has seen Jesus touch, that has seen Jesus deliver. Maybe it's you that he's healed. Maybe it's you that he's delivered. And yet you still doubt. That's okay, but how are you going to respond? Somebody say amen. Jesus said to her, verse 40, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from its place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you will always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Here's this Jesus style again. No sermon, no 45-minute prayer, just Lazarus, come forth. That's a three-word prayer with a whole lot of power behind it. Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. And there's a whole powerful teaching in that about the fact that Jesus sent the friends of Lazarus in to take the bondage off of him and to help him walk out. And okay, we don't have time. Listen to me. Jesus is still moving in resurrection power. Jesus is still operating today, and the power of the Lord is present today to heal. The power of the Lord is present today to take your sickness. His power is present today to take your anxiety. His power is present to take your depression. His power is present to take your stress. That person that's here that is wore out, the only place you will find true rest is in the presence of the Lord. But it starts with Jesus. We got to start preaching an unadulterated gospel. And I thank God for Oceans Unite Christian Center and the leadership that we have here because this is the gospel that's been preached to me. And it's a reality to me because it's become a life to me, a lifestyle to me, and I'm thankful for it. Because the salvation that I got through Jesus was also my healing and also my deliverance. And that same salvation is waiting for you today. How will thou respond? It's up to you. Can we all bow our heads for just a moment? Listen to me. If you're in this place and you say to me, Pastor, you've been preaching directly to me. I am that person that has never heard Jesus ministered in this way. I'm bound up with anxiety. I'm bound up with depression. I'm bound up with all sorts of addictions and afflictions. I'm bound up with stress. I'm bound up with worry. And I need this Jesus in my life. And I recognize today that the only way for this process to begin to walk in total freedom and in total healing is through Jesus and him alone. I want to invite you and I want to pray with you this morning to become a part of the family. If that's you this morning, would you put your hand up for me just so I can see where you're at? I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands there in the back. God bless you. Hands going up all over the place. Thank you. I see your hand. God bless you. If you're sitting there with me this morning and you say, listen, pastor, I've known Jesus and I've walked with Jesus for quite some time, but yet for some reason, I've only known him as just my eternal security. I've only known him to make it to heaven. And I recognize and I realize today that there's bondage and there's baggage and I need to recommit my life to him. I need to put my life back on the altar for him. And I want to make a fresh commitment with him today and start over, start fresh. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up for me and I want to include you in this prayer. I see that hand. 
God bless you. I see that hand there in the back. I see that hand. Hands going up all over. Listen, would you please, there was hands all over the sanctuary. Be bold and stand up this morning. Just right there where you're at in your seat. Stand to your feet if you raised your hand. And we want to pray for you this morning. Come on. Come on, church. Stand to your feet. Be bold this morning. There was hands went up all over the place. Listen, if that's you, I want to encourage you. Come down to the altar. Come up here to the front this morning. We want to pray for you. Come on down. Come on down. Right there where you're at. Come come to the front for me. We want to pray for you. If you guys could make way for them so they could come on down. There was hands that went up all over the place. Listen, if you're sitting there in your seat and your heart's pounding out of your chest and you're nervous and, and, and scared, don't be scared. This is the greatest decision that you have ever made in your entire life. Everything for you is about to change. Come on forward. Come on forward. That's it, church. Amen. God is moving. Come on. Come on, right up here to the front. Don't be scared. It's okay. Come on, we'll only take just a moment. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Come on, God is moving. Listen, could we all stand to our feet? Let's pray this prayer together. Today is a new day. It's a fresh beginning. It's a new start. Is that all right? Could I get some leaders to come up and stand behind them? You guys, if you could pray this prayer with me. Those of you that are in the front, man, God is all over you. It's a new day. Church, can you pray this prayer with me? And those of you that are standing in the front, if you don't mind, pray this prayer from your heart. The word says to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And the reality is it's more of a heart thing than it is a mouth thing. But let's confess this publicly. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, I recognize that I've made mistakes. Jesus, I need you. I repent. I confess with my mouth and I receive you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, fill me now. Change me now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every person that's standing here at this altar. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you would change them. Father, that they would step into the new creation that is in Christ. Father, I thank you that the finger of God is here today, that your power is present here today to heal, to deliver. I thank you that bondages are being broken. I thank you that healings are taking place even now. I thank you that anxiety is going now. I thank you, Father, that depression goes now in Jesus' Jesus name and I give you the praise I give you the honor and I give you the glory and everybody agreed and said amen and amen listen there is a wonderful leader behind you if you don't mind turn around say hello to them and there is a pastor there on the other side of the sanctuary we want to take a moment and pray with you get to meet you a little more if you don't mind follow him out to the sanctuary and we just want to take a moment and meet you if this is your first time commitment, I want to welcome you to get baptized today as well. Amen. 
And for anybody that's here this morning that has never been baptized, if you will look directly to my left, it'll be your right. The baptismal pool is still out and it's still in the sanctuary. Why? Because people are getting baptized every single week. God is moving. Listen, if you're sitting there this morning and you say, I, I didn't come prepared, that's okay. We came prepared for you. We have clothing and towels ready and available. We're fixing to do baptisms. Hannah, if you don't mind, stand up. If you want to get baptized today, come see Miss Hannah in the front. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you that you're moving. I thank you that you are moving. God, I thank you that you have not forgotten about Oceans Unite Christian Center here in little old Vero Beach. Lord, as you are moving all across the nations of this earth, Lord, I thank you. We are seeing salvations, healings, deliverance, miracles, signs, wonders, baptisms week after week after week, and you just continue to pour it out, and I stand in amazement and say, God, I don't know how, but thank you, Lord. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Go with your people this morning. Be with them this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can I leave you with one more thing? Can I steal two more minutes of your time? I shared this in first service, and I want to share it. You can take a seat. It'll take two minutes. Just two minutes. Is that okay? In the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, the prophet Elisha came to the widow woman. And he told her she was poor and she needed a breakthrough. And he asked her to make a cake. And she said, listen, I only have but just, I only have just a little bit. I have a little jar of oil. That's all I got left. And the prophet went to her and said, listen, I want you to go to your neighbors. I want you to go to your city. I want you to go to the area that you live in. And I want you to gather as many vessels as you possibly can. Oh, I wish there was some Christians at Oceans Unite Christian Center that had a little bit of oil in a reserve and a cabinet somewhere sitting ready to go. Because watch this. Watch the supernatural multiplication of God. She heeded the voice of the Lord through the prophet, went into her city, went to her neighbors, went to whoever she could find, and got as many empty vessels as she could find. And he said, begin to pour the oil. And as the oil began to flow, there was supernatural multiplication. And the oil did not stop flowing until the vessels ran out. I implore you, I beseech you, brother and sister, by the mercies of God, go and find empty vessels and bring them in. Begin to let that oil flow out of your life and see how God will not supernaturally multiply the anointing upon your life and the anointing upon this house. Bring in the empty vessels. Go. Don't wait. Lord bless you. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and we will see you next week in Jesus' name. And everybody said?